This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content. And now I guess he feels a little bit emboldened. He must be careful with what he says. I think we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. Uh, racism is essentially a white problem. For you to understand what racism is about, you're going to be so uncomfortable. As Christians, we love the homosexual and the transgender. Homosexuality is sin. You know, everybody's like, you taught that from school, everywhere, big business, you want to be successful, you want to be like Trump, gimme, 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 push, 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 step, 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 crush, crush, crush. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins, faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. We won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. Hey, hey, profane faithers out there in podcast land. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, welcome back. Welcome back here to Profane Faith. This is your first time. Thank you for tuning in and uh, subscribing. Hopefully you're subscribing uh, if you like the podcast. Um, Yeah, uh, you know, here it is in the heat of summer. Um, I am not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. At least if you're listening to this in real time, I always say that. But uh if you're listening to this right now, it is uh, August, heading into mid-August uh, of the year of our Lord, 2022. You believe, as a side note there, 30 years ago I graduated high school. That is a trip on so many levels for myself. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, that's a whole story in that. But nevertheless, here we are, summer. And um, I tell you, it I'm 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 about done with this humidity. <laughs> I ain't gonna front, man. I tell you what, the 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 sweating, you know, and one of the side effects. I've talked about this before, but one of the side effects of you know the medication I take for you know depression and anxiety and whatnot uh, is sweating, extra sweating, and uh, whoo, it drives me nuts. Uh, I mean, definitely not enough to switch medications and whatnot, but. Ooh, and that humidity goes up and right now, at least where we're at right now, it is like 93, uh, and the humidity is just awful. I don't know how y'all do it out there in Atlanta, uh, Miami, uh, Florida, uh, just all them places that are just consistent, Nolans. I don't know how y'all do it. I don't know. I really don't. I, But I guess y'all saying the same thing about Chicago, right? Like, I don't know how y'all do the winters and stuff, man. I tell you what, though, I am, I'm not ready for ice and snow and sleet. Uh, just just take take the take the notch down a little bit you know what i'm saying just in in terms of temperature that's it that's all um well let's hop at this i got a great episode today uh dr philip butler is back uh this brother's amazing i want to get right to that um because he's breaking some shit down and who this brother is smart <laughs> and uh i have to apologize because um when we i, I actually recorded this back in I, I don't know back in spring back when it was still cool <laughs> and um i don't know what happened but the the audio file got lost 
uh, and that's rare of me. I'm usually very meticulous about my recording um, for you podcast nerds. I don't, you know, I don't record into a computer. I record down to a Zoom. Uh, it's a little, you know, uh, six-track recorder. Um, you know, I use an SD disc, and, um, it, it, you know, and I just want to have complete control over my uh, my audio. So I usually take that, load it into my computer, drag and drop, name everything, back up everything. So the fact that this thing got lost, I'm, I'm not even sure. I don't even know what happened. I think what happened was that it got stuck in a folder that I thought was a throwaway file. Um, and cause I had recorded something and I was like, nah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna keep that. And then I reformatted the card and then they got, got deleted. And so I apologize profusely. Uh, and brother man, uh, 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 brother, brother Philip decided to come back and I thank him for that. Uh, he's a smart individual. We've had him on the show before. I'll put the show note or the link in the show notes of his previous episode. Um, we recorded that live at AAR. I don't know. This was back in. Ooh, that was Denver, I think. In fact, AAR is in Denver this year, here in 2022. Anyways, all that to say, um, he is smart. He is smart and dealing with science, religion, uh, philosophy. So I was like, okay, I, I need to bring this brother back on. And he's he's got some books and uh, some great material that he's out there working on. And um, he was here in Chicago, actually, lately. And I was sorry I missed him. Uh, he was at, I don't know, they was having some Proctor conference or something like that. But at any rate, um, powerful stuff. I, I will also note on this is that there were some audio issues um, in terms of the recording. Uh, I've tried to edit them out, but I wanted to give you the heads up uh, that that was happening. We, there were some clicks that were happening. So I've tried to do my best my best audio engineering work to eliminate those clicks. Uh, but I also didn't want to degrade the interview. Um, cause you're hearing round two of this interview. And I actually think this is actually really better. Uh, and not that, you know, the first interview, you know, wasn't great, but you know, it, it, it happens and things happen. And so he was gracious enough to come back on the show, re-record. Um, and, uh, this is, this is the final product. So get your notebooks fam. Um, it's some, it's some good stuff that's happening. And, um, yeah, I just appreciate his work. I appreciate what he's doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I think brothers like this that are doing great work and are connecting it and moving beyond and pushing beyond, they just deserve more recognition and, and whatnot. So, you know, I was like, let's let's bring you on the show. Yeah. So hopefully you are enjoying yourself. Enjoy the rest of the summer and enjoy this talk I had with Dr. Philip Butler. All right, fam, here we go. Yo, man, well, it is great to uh, have you back, Dr. Philip Butler, on the show um, and to talk all things science, black, physics, and everything. I'm excited to have you back on the show and to talk about your book and uh, what's been going on since. So welcome back, good sir. Nah, thank you, man. It's it's always a pleasure. You, you you don't always get invited back places, so you know at least they like you when they <laughs> when they say hey, the invitation is extended again. I you know I didn't have to ask to come back. You know, so that always means a lot when they be like, hey man, you want to come hang out again? So yeah, I heard thank that. You. I know absolutely, man. Absolutely, that's the truth. I always say too, like when I cook, because I do most of the cooking. If they get a second portion, I'm like, all right, and it was it was banging a little bit, man. You know, they can take that in and stuff, yeah, man. right? 
Oh my gosh. Um, well tell us what you've been up to, man, since we've last spoke. I think I know we spoke, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe. I think no, we were at AAR, I remember talking. But what's been going on in regards yeah. I mean, there's obviously a lot in, in in regards to, you know, NASA just released these photos from the James Webb telescope. I'm still waiting for the telescope to 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 pin out life that's out there in the planets. I don't know if NASA would even release that. Um, but these images are, are something else and, and, uh, I'd be curious just how that is, is going over and just some of the stuff that you're working on right now with AI and, 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 uh, yeah, and that. Sure, man. I, it's, I'm, it's, I'm almost thinking chronologically just to, just for, to it to make sense. Like, I think since the last time we talked, uh, I think, I think the first book came out and the second book came out and I've started working on this third one right now. And so like the second book is our critical black futures. Uh, it, we're, we're, we've been exploring, uh, kind of a, I don't say a critical theory approach, but just kind of like a black critical approach to black critical. And I think in many cases kind of radical approach to, uh, to Afro, to Afrofuturistic most embodiment, just kind of multiple, multiple approaches to, to the future more broadly. Right. Like, uh, we have, we, there's a, there's a ton of like, oh, so it's 11 chapters total. It, there's a respite in the middle that's predominantly art, but we we cover uh, we cover uh, we cover gender in multiple ways, um, whether it be a, um, a a queer feminist, I think kind of a manifesto, Afrofuturist manifesto. Uh, there's a a piece on transness and uh, black. Uh, dark matter and uh, and and dark fluid. Uh, there's a there's a piece on mathematics. Yeah, right. And uh, the mathematics piece is on titration. So like you know, if you think about the order of operations or just mm -hmm. mathematical operations, you got you know addition, multiplication, exponents. But then like exponents is mostly like um, after basically after exponents, there's titration, and then there's uh, uh, I think it's quintration, centration. But nevertheless, we're like the fourth thing after exponents. And so thinking about where like Ray Kurzweil talks about an era of exponential growth, what happens when we're in the era of tet tetratic growth? And so uh, basically arguing that that's like where the technology moves at the speed of imagination. And then the te the book actually ends with a kind of a, a theoretical and a kind of story, story piece about like a, 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 a black futuristic city in, a, in America um, and what that would look like. But uh, I've also taken up a new spot. I'm in Iliff now. I think I was at LMU last time we talked. Yeah, yeah. And um, at Iliff, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm doing... Um, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm only talking about this title because, wow, like the title they, the title I have is, is Assistant Professor of Theology in Black Post-Human uh, AI Systems. Okay. Right? And so it really just talks about everything I'm doing because even at, at the moment, I'm predominantly focused on like uh, black post-humanism. Hmm. And then I'm a partner director at the ILF AI Institute. Uh, and so, yeah, man, uh, we've been building some really cool stuff uh, at the Institute. We're about to embark on this thing called the 8020 Project where we're going to uh, work on consent-based models uh, for um, for computer vision and or just pretty much everything in the sense that we want uh, we want to not only we want to extend the work of like folks like Timmy Cabrera and Joe Balamani who have made their you know kind of uh, made some really good inroads in, in pointing out how uh, big tech creates uh, models that can't really see dark skinned folks and specifically dark skinned women, right? And so they be either invisible or, or, or misread by computers. And so we want to make computers be able to see them, but the consent-based piece asks folks for their permission. That's what we want. 
to advocate for it going into the future, but also self-identification whereby like normally if computer got a, a hold of, of a picture of myself, it's, it also comes with labels, meaning and it's, the labels probably came from a data mill where like three people sat you know, down the computer and was like, this is a black guy. Maybe this is a black guy, you know, maybe this is something else, not a black guy. But as long as there's consensus among two to three, they go with that label. And so when people label themselves, I think there's opportunity for this kind of uh, this breaking of a binary uh, where people can be multiple things at once. And, the and then ultimately the goal is to help <clears throat> computers see people as people see themselves. And so if computers see people how people see themselves, then the people who are live computers hopefully will be able to see people as people see themselves. So maybe the, the, the computer becomes an intermediary in this way that allows for pe better better person-to-person -person, uh, kind of relationships. Yeah, and yeah. let alone a, a black data set for language models. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I've I've been reading more and more um, about that. In fact, in my in one of my classes, I have students reading just how coding in for facial recognition systems, you know, have you know, there's a bias within that. Um, what can you speak a little bit more to that? Like, what what does that you know what does that entail? Especially, you know, when you have media outlets like you know social media outlets like Instagram that are uh, you know put out these like. I don't know. There was one a few years ago about, you know, you put your face in and it shows you what you're going to look like when you're 80 or 90 years old or stuff like that. And then there was rumors around, oh, well, they're tastes the testing facial recognition systems and all that stuff. And I'm always amazed by just how quickly my camera can pick up faces in a crowd. Even even when I'm taking a picture of a picture, it'll it'll catch those faces and stuff. But right. Who's programming that? And what the, how does how does how does race have factor into any of that? Yes, I mean, I think, in, like, in, in a lot of cases, building new technology is difficult. And and so, like, a lot of times people are really trying to get to a product that's viable, meaning that, like, does this algorithm work? Can we use this data set? And I'm, by no means am I, like, taking race out of it because here's where it comes in. If, if you have predominantly white males making stuff like this, right, then the data that they collect is probably going to be them and their buddies. And so as they're building data sets that don't even think about people that look like you and me, let alone the women that look like uh, that, that look like you and myself, right? Then these are the people who are kind of the, the last, the last in the forefront of of these of these uh, technology makers' minds. And so when the computers are being trained on faces, they're not being trained on these faces, and because they're not being trained on these faces, the computers can't see them. And if that's if that's the case then it becomes much more difficult, right? But then there's also like the back end, like where, you know, like Sophia Noble and some other folks, I think Ruha talks about this as well, right? When they when they highlight the ways that um, mainstream technologies may not be able to see black people, but uh, carceral technologies and surveillance technologies can. And even when they do, they do it in a way that's punitive and and almost is without, it's, it, it engages in the same um, familiarity and uncriticality that that when, when when white people say all black people look alike, right? Because in, in this way, like we've seen, for instance, we've seen I think uh, one man uh, was like indicted for like three different crimes that he didn't even commit because his face was a part of it was part of a data set, and when they were trying to identify a criminal <laughs> because his face was in the data set, he gets caught up in this thing that had nothing to do with him. And so, like, we, we see it on the back, and they can't see us for, like, you know, potentially open our, our iPhone. I think my wife still has the issue in the middle of the night, especially. But somehow they can make up a profile for what we look like and then attempt to penalize people for it simply because a quote-unquote computer uh, set us the case.
man. Who that is. Uh, yeah, that's deep. I, that that hits hard because I th I think about that a lot. I remember there was one time because my name sounded very similar to I, I don't even know how it ended up being it, but there was I had basically I had a cop calling the house talking about, you know, can I speak to something, something Dan Hodge? And I was like, yeah, this is he. He's like, oh, well, can you come down to the station and everything? And and it just didn't feel right. And so I was just like, OK, well, let me have a friend of mine who's a lawyer call. And, and long story short, they had picked up on something that connected Hodge with me. I mean, I wasn't even nowhere near. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, sorry for you to get the lawyers involved. Yeah, had you come down here. Yeah, we put out, probably would have arrested you. And I'm like, wait a minute, just off a phone call like that's it's a hell of a detective work right like so anyways all that to say those those things yeah like wow like you just a matter of of deduction okay all right all right that's how we that's how we're getting folks oh my gosh um well yeah yeah talk a little bit about just just how ai artificial intelligence a lot of people feel like I've been reading more and more articles. In fact, what was that one Google executive who just recently got fired because he said that their AI came alive or had sentient, uh, 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 yeah. you know, life and whatever? Right, right. Nah, I think it's. I mean, I think it's hilarious. Like now, I've had arguments with people. Like some people would be like, "Oh, what do you think?" And I'm like, Man, it's, "It's already alive." Like, what do you mean? Like you infused it with your life? It, if if the if the bias that you have as the maker. Is infused into it, then it's already it's already replicating what you can do. Now, is it is it you know is it the level of intelligence that a person has that's said to be seen, but it's the intelligence that it has at the moment, given what it's been given to to determine what things are. I'm not, but I'm also I'm also a a, a, a vitalist pan panpsychist in this way, right? So like <laughs> if you like if you read uh, not necessarily you, but if anybody listening has has read my like my text on black transhumanism, right? This idea of, of vitalism and panpsychism, right, uh, suggests that even inanimate objects carry life. Man, if if for nothing else, because the atoms and the and the and the and the molecules that make them up are moving, even even if they're even in a static state, right? The the movement of these molecules suggests a level of intentionality. And so, like just because you put something new together and it was quote unquote kind of man made, does not negate the qualities that it that it that it possesses given that it has it is a composite of some things put together now if you're talking and, and so like but i think there's 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 this kind of again this maintenance of this human exceptionalism it's like humans are sentient and maybe the apple isn't or humans are sentient and now if you're if you're british or you're from the uk a dolphin is right and so like there's these categories of sentience there's these hierarchies of like of, uh, of of quality of life or hierarchies of worth or hierarchies of value that are that are that are kind of widely dispersed that don't necessarily allow for things to be what they are. And I think part of, part of what people are concerned about, I think, within like the sentience talk is like if if they're sentient, then you have to give them rights. And then what does it mean when AI is supposed to be working twenty four seven? And then some people like they're just machines. They're definitely not alive. And and the and the the sheer like uh, mathematical elements that that one the researchers don't fully grasp, and then two that suggest that these things really can't do that much, right? Because there's a narrow AI, there's a there's a kind of a broader AI, and then there's like the general AI. The narrow AI can only do one thing, like it's it's the AI that can like you know d predict the weather, right? This is a very narrow AI, and and, and by and by narrow AI we're talking about an a 
a trained a trained uh, a trained algorithm on a particular data set. And so it's, it's like roughly like uh, kind of statistical analysis. Like if we're going to break it down and make it even more like simple, like when we talk with AI, we're talking about statistical analysis. Yes, because our artificial intelligence is mostly about predicting what happens next. And so if we're talking about math, data, and prediction, then on some level it suggests that it's not alive. However, at the same time, if we're talking about creating personalities, like an AI that can talk to you, and so on and so forth. The person who built it, the person designed it cognitively, uh, understands its own particular kind of tone and so on and so forth. You're, you're making not only, like you can say you're making a, a particular, uh, what's the word, kind of like prototype of, of something or even like an, uh, you're, you're making kind of a dummy of sorts. But the thing together, it has its own kind of like type of consciousness. And so if we're not going to be, be clear about respecting that type of consciousness and even if it is a simple construction of mathematical and prediction through this particular linguistic persona, I don't I don't know why we can't do that and and be and be okay with this. Only because because if it's not but as complex as what human human anatomy, complex as human psychology as we understand it to be, but I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical of all of that. And I know that was a tangent, but nevertheless. <laughs> no, 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 no. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate that because, you know, I think on the one end, there is this popular culture, uh, notion that AI will somehow come alive today. I'm wearing my, uh, I don't know if you can see this, my Skynet, uh, Cyberdyne systems corporation <laughs> t-shirt, right. In anticipation of our, nice. of our talk today. Um, I mean, I'm a movie buff, so I was like, all right, I got to get that. And yeah, I got the office Scott's like tots too. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like <laughs> but you know, there's that popular culture notion, right? Think about iRobots. I mean, you know, just to say, just to name a few terminators that, when I, I, AI comes alive, it's like, oh, we see humanity as a threat, right? The matrix system, we're going to use them. H how do you navigate some of those conversations in regards to that? And how do you see? And ultimately, I do want to ask just for folks who who may not know and be asking the question, what is transhumanism, right? <laughs> Maybe we start there and we can keep, keep, you know, keep going, going with that. Because I can already hear somebody right now on the, I didn't even know what that was. So anyways. No, that's a great question. So, like a basic definition of transhumanism is any any uh, use of technology to augment uh, psychological, intellectual, and uh, and physical capabilities. And then, depending upon uh, how you view this particular topic or category, you can also use it to augment one's spiritual, you know, kind of uh, spiritual capabilities as well. Um, and so, thinking about that. And then I'm trying to remember because <laughs> you asked like four questions. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I was that was the bit that was the first one, the transhumanism. What what is transhumanism? And then the other one was, um, you know, how do you how do you see AI in regards? Like, do you see it as a threat? Do you see it as the way forward? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so I think is when you talk about that, the question to me it raises a couple points, or at least it raises a couple thoughts in my head. Mainly the first one being like. Um, like the history of intelligence and reason, and why, like white people, especially white men, were saying that every, nobody else besides them could could think. Uh, and I think, and I, I think this is this is just my 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 own space right now. I'm, I'm thinking that is because intelligence, and I'm, I'm and I, I say this as like growing up as a kid, I always saw like movies when they saw the person who's intelligent, they somehow 
got over on other people. They were able to take advantage of them, trick them, so on and so forth. But to me, I was like, that's never really been the concept of intelligence to me. But I'm seeing it as such because of intelligence in terms of survival, especially when we talk about nationalisms and so on and so forth. Like colonial colonialism, uh, as an extension of Eurocentric modes of intelligence, suggests that you can then either overpower or or get people to give you what they have based upon your your own the systems that you create right and so yeah. if that's the case then when, when turn that over to artificial intelligence and suggest that this thing really becomes intelligence based upon the people who have historically been making it then it, then the fear becomes something that people that it almost becomes legitimate because if you're if if it's trained on this type of intelligence then when it becomes quote-unquote uh, reach a certain level of sentience, then that might be the way it also perceives intelligence, and then and then goes on to uh, to take advantage of you know people or so on and so forth. But then if it's also smart, maybe it's maybe it becomes intelligent enough to recognize that it's only certain types of people. Then the, the question, other question becomes, which types of people will will this these new AIs begin to target? Is it are are they the people that have historically been harming other folks, or will it continue to to engage in like this perpetual mode of, of attempting to um, to be parasitic or uh, to bully, quote unquote, like uh, the folks who are who are who may be deemed disadvantaged in certain in certain categories, um, but I also don't necessarily think that, like that's also to assume that that AI doesn't just want to kind of cohabitate, or also at the same time that AI is not. I think it like it. it I think it also kind of again reiterates this othering quality that does not allow for a a society where AI and people have a generative relationship. Um, and even where humans can, or I hate to, I don't even use the word human, uh, but where people can reimagine their understanding of themselves to where they don't necessarily have to be what they've had to be in the past. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean for AI to want to do the things that we're, we're making, that we're, we're building it to do so that people can do other things? And, and again, this could also be a very rosy approach to it, but I think these are a lot of the questions that come around, like these kind of conceptual sci-fi-ish like, uh, like concepts around, around AI sentience and being. No, that's good. I yeah, that's 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 on it. I, I appreciate it because I knew you had a a different perspective rather than you know kind of the popular culture notion that you know AI is is eventually going to become our enemy and you know there there are overlords that will that will soon take over. I mean, I know NASA has talked about you know when they talk at least the stuff they've released that they've talked about you know in terms of you know making these long trips and treks across the universe um you know outside of developing any kind of exotic matter like you know wormholes and um uh, you know the warp drive uh and whatnot uh you know it's going to take a while so it's like somebody had you know put out there that you know ai could be a way like embodying some kind of living you know entity into a machine and then those become the, the you know the beings that folks meet on the other side of whatever that you know that mission is and whatnot um what do you see as the next iteration as we're entering you know here we are 2022 and yeah there's a lot of political religious strife which i'll get to here in a second i want to get your thoughts on that as well but you know you think about it again james <laughs> webb is out there now they talk about they want to go back to the moon uh mars is a possibility i know i've heard that i know you know of course musk and um what's his name amazon boy uh you know they've been they've been talking about that for a while and they want you know, talking something about 2025 2027 or begin colonizing that what do you think we'll begin to see right. in the next um you know 20 years of not just space exploration but scientific endeavors moving forward I don't know, man. It's a good ass question. <laughs> 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 no, like, I mean, like, because like, you know, 
like if we're talking about like space, I'm still skeptical. Like I'm like, there's so much that has to go into that. Like you know, you, you think about you know if you you have if you're gonna terraform a planet, then you have to like cultivate its you know its 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 matter to to mimic the soil on Earth, and then you have to create these sustaining, you know, what I'm saying uh, pods that that allow for people to not, you know, maybe move off a ship. But then like, if like, I don't think, I think people still have like these very like Hollywood versions of like, we don't have the type of technology where people can like, you know, uh, travel well. And by travel well, like, like it do basic, you know, like uh, basic coach level airplane travel in space just yet. You know what I mean? Like I know Musk and them made it look real sexy, but they low key went up and then came right back down again. You're talking about long-term mission. Like who, there's no showers like that up there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like wh- where you going? Where you pooping at? And then where's it? Where's it going? And you know, like you know, what, like uh, I, I, somewhere like a buddy of mine, she's in, she's she, she's in the space industry, and she's like, people can't even have sex in space, man. Like, like, like you can't get it up in space. The, the gravity is not is not working in such a way that allows for people to to uh, wow. to, to get it up, so to speak, especially wow. men. So I mean, like they're. There's there's so many different aspects to it, you know what I mean? That that don't necessarily allow for what we think it is. But like we don't have we don't have a gravity a gravity simulator yet, you know what I mean? That that makes things kind of quote unquote normalized to what we have on Earth. So like there's a there's a shit ton of like of of innovation that needs to take place for that to even be a real real thing. Um, and so yeah. Go for it, guys. Like that's how, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like maybe maybe enough people will try to leave. Where you know maybe there's maybe uh you know what I'm saying there'll be enough for everybody here on Earth or something. I don't know, but I'm also but I think one of the things I'm curious about, man, is is just like the the creation of new physics. So I, you know, I was having a conversation. I think maybe the other day in terms of like uh, what is it like? What does it mean to uh to explore to explore? To, so all right, I'll start here. If if they're finding out that perception shapes the laws of physics, then what happens when we get enough kind of uh, conscious mass within societies to shift perception that allows for a different type of physics to take place? Mm. Which also raises questions about what it means. Like when you know when they say like going back to this idea of like white men said that other people can't think. Like, do you really think that the concepts that Europeans had? Where were where the concepts we have now? Like back then, no, they went through like legitimate empirical processes where like, all right, we believe this, let's test it out. That shit doesn't work. Let's test out something else. And they were they were able to engage in empiricism that allows for their particular perspective to be fine-tuned and then produced materially. But everywhere else, pretty much, they went, they said that shit doesn't work and did not allow for the empirical process to take place for other people's religious, other people's cultures, let alone the religious traditions, to, to say, all right, this works, this doesn't work, and we're going to continue to fine-tune it in order to materialize in the same way. And so I'm curious about the ways in which people can potentially take seriously different cultural iterations and the physics that come with them in order to produce new material objects, let alone new material realities uh, as such that could be the subsequent uh, kind of result of, of taking on these things and then taking them seriously in this way. So, okay, this is, I, I like this. I like this. Um, Ooh, I got a, I got a few questions that I want to ask you, man. So, I, so well, let me start by this. This is cause this is good. I love this. Um, what then is it possible? Do you see it possible? You know, for example, by for us to, you know, harness, 
the graviton, you know, to begin to create and under better understand like what does gravity, you know, mean, especially for travel and or just, you know, just life here, you know, think about zero point energy and our dependency on, on, you know, fossil fuels here. I mean, at, at some point, right, we're going to have to figure some of this out. Otherwise, the earth itself is going to be like, I, right, I'm done with y'all. We need, we need another iteration of, of, of life <laughs> on here. Right, right. Um, yeah, how do, how do you, how do you see that and particularly just the 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 allowance if you will. It's like, okay, I I see some more people of color, I mean, you know, coming around. Um I'm still seeing a lot of firsts, you know, first African American this and that's to graduate when Harvard and physics, you know, PhD mm -hmm. or MIT. So I anytime I see firsts, I know we're just barely getting to a point in all the things, right, that that person had to do to even get to that spot. Um, I guess I'm wondering, like, for black folks, man, like, what is, what is, how does science and blackness come together? Maybe I'm asking too much Afrofuturism here, but what are some of your thoughts on that? Does that make sense? No, I think it does, but I, to me, it's like, however, like, if, if, if blackness has an infinite potential iteration, then, then the ways in which science and blackness come together has a similar amount of possibility, right? And so I think, I think in, in, and I don't know, when you were asking the question, it was making me think about the the man who fell to earth. I don't know if you've seen that on H on the uh, Star Showtime. I haven't recently. yet. I haven't um, yet. Dude, it is it is one of the most magnificent pieces of of, uh, of series that I think I've I've ever seen. And I say this mainly because to me to me it is like if you think about what Moton talks about um, in terms of like just the stochasticism and fluidity and like just the ways in which blackness from nothingness turns into this ultimate vi vibrancy of sorts. Like the, there's a, it's an alien comes from outer space. He meets this black lady who is on the cusp of, of like fusion technology, but he brings the, the end result with him. And it's, it's a quantum fusion generator and it should hold, he holds it in the palm of his hand. It's like, it's this like, it looks like a holographic thing, uh, you know, when he pulls it out, but it's, you know, it's like this big, you know what I mean? Yeah. But when he pulls, everywhere he pulls it out, like the whole, like the whole town, the whole block, all the lights come on, like everything is almost, you can see it's almost about to burst. And so when you talk about like, in, in the further you go on the series, like not to get too many spoilers, spoilers away, but like, this is almost, this is a sequel of like the first version of like the man fed earth, this white dude. Uh, who came and he? I think he and he got he got kind of got lost up, you know, in the sauce with you know being being on Earth and that kind of jazz. But he sends for his student, and the student is this black dude, uh, which also speaks to like you know again these kind of hard dynamics. But in the speech to the classes of 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 people on their planet, there are like these adepts who are the architects and then the drones who do all the work. And so again, it's this idea that suggested like there's intellect, and then there's and then there's pro productivity, so to speak, that it carried out by certain bodies. Okay. But this he's but when the when the black dude comes to Earth, he's learning how to become an adept, essentially how to become an architect, because he has to take whatever instructions that were given by the white dude that came that were not finished. He has to be able to see what he saw and then improvise on top of it in order in order to make it come to pass. And so we're looking at the fruition of of stochasticism and blackness and the ways in which blackness has to learn to uh to remove itself from the bondages of of productivity and production into this class of both of both architecture and productivity and i'm speaking about this in terms of what is what is science and blackness have to do i think what is it what is it, like we when we talk about you know in 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 the state of religion 
uh, one's social location. Like, what is it about you that allows you to see the world a certain way? Similarly, from a scientific perspective, I would, I would, I would propose that what is it about your own particular perspective that allows for you to engage in empirical research about your own culture, about your own way of life that automates. And I know automation has a, has a negative connotation because it suggests that it takes the, the life and the essence out of the process. But what is it about it that speeds it up? So I think what we're ultimately talking about is manifestation here. Like, you know, people, you know, everybody beginning of the year tries to talk about manifesting you got your, you know, your affirmations and, and depend on your, your magical tradition, you engage in incantations and so on and so forth. But then we talk about science and empiricism. What is it about your culture, who you are, that you can uh, do the work on that allows for instant instant manifestation of the very thing that you're after? And I think that's kind of what what science, technology in, in these and uh, in, in these and in, in this. And this exploration, I think, is, is what we're really talking about. Because I think we've explored, in many cases, like whiteness and the, and the logical end of whiteness in terms of technology. But then what is the logical end of blackness in terms of technology? And, and because we know that they're, they're not going to be the same. Whew. Okay. All right. Well, so, that in, so keeping that in mind, I like that. I'm with that. Where does spirituality <laughs> and religion, <laughs> theology fit into all of this? Um, you know, when we think about, you know, the supernatural, you think about, you know, higher planes, dimensions. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'd be curious what, you know, when you, when you, when you talk a little bit about, you know, atoms and inanimate objects being, you know, having some form of, of, of life and even the movement in there. So I'd be curious, like, you know, how do we, I did a whole piece, uh, in my, in my class looking at, uh, looking a little bit on quantum theory and just in, in some of the exploration into, for example, the paranormal, you know, and how, um, you know, if what, you know, what we can't see, you know, in, in terms of dimensions or what we're not allowed to see. And so, you know, we could interpret some of these things as, as ghosts. And of course, Hollywood has turned it into, you know, a horror franchise and whatnot. And, you know, but yeah, I'd be curious, like right. what, what your thoughts are on that. So I'll start by my definition of spirituality. At one point, it was one's connection with that, with God or, or that which is, you know, beyond the self, suggesting a level of community. But I've since shifted and su suggesting that spirituality is anything that people do on a regular basis. Um, you know, because I think it, it took some time. Like if you ever put like a, like magic and a science experiment together or even like religion or prayer or something and you, you, and you lay out like the thing, like a, a time, a place, a ritual, like versus like, what does the experiment go through the magic, the end result, you know, what is the, what is the expectation? All these things, they, they roughly are there. Every quality that present that is required to make magic is really roughly there when it's required to produce a scientific outcome. And so whether you're brushing your teeth on a regular basis or you don't, you know, whether you pray on a regular basis or you don't, like you can say you believe one thing, but your your behavior suggests other. Like I heard somewhere that said that you only do the things you believe will work. And so if you if your actions are giving away to what you actually believe, then what you actually then what you do on a regular basis is what you believe. And that becomes your spiritual disposition. Um, and so mm. taking that into play and then opening this up into what you're talking about in terms of like science, technology, spirituality, all these other aspects of it. Like, I think that the, there is kind of an, um, this kind of this opening up to this infinite possibility of what it means for people to whether either integrate the two, use one to augment the other. Like, I, I was watching this, um, 
I was watching this thing on Netflix. It just started a series on how to change your mind. And the whole thing is about plant medicine. And so it's like, what does LSD do? And they, they talk a little bit about how the role of LSD in Silicon Valley. It's like these dudes were taking LSD, going on these trips and working out this technological shit. Like, <laughs> And so, you know, we're talking about creativity here. And I know, and, and we also know today that like psychedelics, as opposed to, you know what I'm saying, opioids are not addictive. And, and because of the, the shit you grow through in that experience, it's not something you want to do every day. Like these are not... These the types of the stuff you see on these trips are life changing. They are they are chemically changing internally, and they're intense. And so you know, the idea is that there are tech. Like we talk about transhumanism, this idea of technology, the augmented spirituality. We, we could argue very easily that LSD, uh, psilocybin, or you know, or also known as shrooms or like ayahuasca slash DMT. You know, even uh, even cannabis are they are these mind altering. Um, mind-altering uh, technologies that help alter the state of an individual. Uh, but when you talk about, like, the paranormal and stuff like that, I'm thinking about another movie that just came out, Everything, uh, Everywhere, All at Once. And it's this lady uh, is attempting to try to figure out how to save her, her, her life and her daughter, her family. But she has to tap into all the different versions of herself. And oddly enough, in order to, like, so, if she, if, so she's a, a laundromat uh, owner. But she has to tap into her kung fu, kung, the kung fu version of herself. In order to jump to a kung fu version of herself, like she has to do something that would trip the new timeline, right? Suggesting that, like, when we say it, there's literally infinite possibilities in any given moment, we we also suggest that there's a recognition that in many cases we only perceive like two options: we either eat or we don't eat. You know what I mean? We watch TV, we don't watch TV, we read or we don't read. But we also could, I, like, at this very moment, we could, like, go upstairs and, like, you know, jump off you know, and see if we can fly. You know, something like there's always some weird thing that would trip this new possibility. But I say that because we talk to the paranormal, we may be in a we may be in a reality where someone we love is no longer with us. But somewhere in this ultimate timeline, we are both not here and they are here. And and so if we can tap into one or more of those where, where they are here, even if it is in a, in a celestial form and where we can, and where we're also here at the same time, I know this is starting to sound a little wild, but if we're tapping into the, the possibilities of where, what does it mean for us to be present and to be present with their celestial version of themselves on earth at this moment, that's a, it, we're, so we're tapping into different dimensions, again, different types of physics, because I think right now the, the, the popular, perceptions that we can't necessarily talk to the dead and even though we do especially in black communities it's, it's done through like certain traditions whether it be voodoo you know who do uh you know, catholic traditions you know so on and so forth you know root work so on and so forth and so like but then there's other traditions where this is devil's work and so in in those in the physics of those traditions they're off limits let alone you know the possibilities that might show up in, in other kind of quote-unquote esoteric spaces Woo, no, this is this is good. I I'm I'm riding along with you right on this, man. This is, um, yeah. When you think about the infinite, infinite, you know, realities. I'm assuming you you now. Do you believe that we live in this kind of this string universe where there's just you know there's one universe here, but then there's many other other ones? Or yeah, how how do you how how do you come to some of that in regards to you know multiple dimensions and you know what are we like three three here as opposed to a fifth or a sixth dimension i think but i think it's also like a because it, that's but also that's because like space time is is like 
I think geometrically, right, space-time is one thing because of the bended nature of it, right? Like, uh, you know, because you have the length, width, height of it all, but then the fourth, like, space-time is the bending of our own, bending of space-time, which is just our own experience within the geometric space. Uh, but I, I think in terms of, but I'll, so I don't necessarily think there is a universe. <laughs> Talk to me, come on. It, it, no, because it's so like, I think what, I think part of like this, I think part of this white centric and historically, historically European approach to things is, is the, the weaving together of everything for a universal reality. Mm-hmm. And, but we also recognize that if, if physics changes, depending on who's experiencing it, let alone who's observing it, right? Time, time dilation changes, right? Uh, all these types of things, right? Physiologically, there are changes, right? And they may say that they're not significant enough to matter, quote unquote. But at the same time, if that's the case, then the weaving together of everybody's experience into one experience is still a coercion into one particular mode of experience in the world. It does not necessarily allow for people to open up and experience the world from their vantage point. And so we talk about I think this, I forget the name of the theory, but it also suggests that like each entity in and of itself is its own universe in which, you know, again, so like you can think about your body as a, as a universe, whether it be the biological self, the psychological self, however you understand yourself to be, and even the, you know, even the, 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 the joining together of these, these different selves becomes another particular universe, given all that goes on inside of it at any given moment, right? Our microphones become a universe, given the circuitry, its components, so on and so forth, let alone its connection to the wiring and all that other jazz. And so, like, they may be connected, but they're still doing something in space-time based upon their own relationship to that which is the, you know, the, the geometrical space, right? And so, I, again, I don't think that there's a... I think the idea of a one consistent universe as opposed to uh, infinite potential universes, let alone infinite potential universes of that could that could also manifest themselves. Like I, I think it's it's wild to me. Like when we we watch movies and they talk about like every iteration of you, and, and mostly we see like you know like a young white kid or something like that, and and it's like this white kid is is still white, a young white kid in every other universe, even if they become like like mush, but we don't necessarily see every version of that white kid becoming another, actually another race or actually another gender, you know what I mean? Or actually becoming like a pterodactyl or, you know, this kind of like uh, human, this spliced human or, or person, animal hybrid or whatever animal it is, or half TV, half, you know what I mean? That kind of jazz. And so I think that, a, a, I think that part of that stems from the, uh, the constriction of a singularly connected and interwoven universe that does not necessarily allow for all that could be within that within whatever it can be. Ooh, okay, all right. This is so. This is fascinating, man. Um, I no, I love it. I love all of this. This is good. These are the type of conversations I think you know stretch us and and help us to think past. Because you you said it. Something that sticks to me that what you said is like you know this kind of Eurocentric model. And I find myself continually as I think about deconstructing or however people want to put it, decolonizing, you know, it's like there's so much that goes into, right, even our analytical lenses, at least I'll speak for myself, how I do research and how I think about things. And just now I'm just getting to a point like, how do I move beyond that? Um, And, you know, I think that's part of even prior to us, me hitting record, talking about like, you know, what's next. It's just like, I just don't want to, I don't want to just, you know, redo something. And then, you know, like the pig with lipstick, right? It's just like, oh, it's something new. It's like, well, really, is it? You just dressed it up a little bit differently. Um, 
so okay so with with that in mind talk a little bit about and prior to that you were talking about you know how, how you've been getting into a physics kick and and just you know what that looks like how does that talk talk a little bit about that and 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 what you're doing with that right now yeah no i just i just got finished writing this piece it's called like on on demon time and i know that demon time as a cultural as a pop cultural kind of thing has happened like in the last couple of years within within the pandemic but i think you know depending on what what uh what city and what streets you're on demon time has probably been happening for quite some time and so like just taking seriously like black embodiment black culture as as space time um, and understanding that you know like when somebody says hey Hodge what time are you on right or like or oh, that's what time you on like and depending on how how it comes out it means specific things right and then or it's like you know um uh like uh, and so it, it just becomes this uh, you know this this way of not only relating to the world but also being in the world it's, and so like the piece looks at physics, uh, time dilation, right? This idea that time changes differently, whether it be different altitudes or different bodies, like, um, but also taking seriously, again, kind of like we talked about maybe a couple of minutes ago about this idea, like, what does it mean to take black culture, African cultures in plural, right? And, and become uh, empirical about the things that they say are true, regardless of if they fail on the first try, right? So it's not dismissing them. And so, like, looking at, like, different, like, uh, African traditions, like in Egypt, where you have, like, Seth, and then uh, I think it's Ipset, uh, where, like, you know, Seth tries to keep total disorder and chaos at bay while still being a god of chaos, right? Or even looking at Ishu, right, these Yoruba traditions, which is the messenger, right, uh, of the gods, but also is a god of chaos, uh, as well and so but in 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 your essential traditions they are reduced to a trickster right but within their own tradition they are they are the, the god of like if they're a god of chaos you're also that which is is you are that which surrounds order right because if if outside of you is is complete disarray in a sense that 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 likes the way that things currently are then you are you are the gatekeeper to the new world in certain ways. And so what does it mean then for black folks to engage in black modes of being, i.e. black space times as a way to usher in a new reality uh, and take, take very seriously, right? Black culture as a particular scientific phenomenon that could be, that could be measured, quantified, and then produced uh, at rapid rates that allows for the, the growth of blackness at, in, in, different, in uh, different ways proportion to what they, it has already grown uh, across the world. Wow, I, man, that that's uh, yeah, man, that that resonates with me in terms of just you know, like you said, if you don't, if you like the way things are, you become the gatekeeper. Um, man, that's ooh, that'll, as they say, that'll preach right there, man. That's uh, I think there's there's yeah. a there's a lot of that though, man. I mean, I think about it like even in religion and spirituality, I think what drives me nuts about particularly about you know so much of black religion and black spiritualities becomes just so binary and very so simplistic in that sense you know the devil behind every bush and if i don't understand it it must be demonic it must be right evil um and so it you know and that yeah but that's where the demon came from yeah. not not just real no quick, go ahead like, go ahead if you think you know if you look at if like Zakia Jackson, uh, and I think theorizing the void, like she works with Sylvia Winters, like uh, like demonic, in the mathematic and the physics sense, right? Like the demonic and, and mathematics and physics, these like dark matter, you know, uh, dark fluid, you know what I mean? That these these they they are stand-ins for the things that cannot be understood in this particular way of seeing the world. And so, like, what does it mean then, right, 
for the demonic to to be that which you don't understand is that is that where we're gonna is that the cliff where we where we refuse to jump off of because we don't know it's coming, or or is that the uh, the invitation into blackness, right? Mm. In, invitation into stasticism, like the invitation into uh, infinite possibility, right? Like what does that allow us to do to move into that space of 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 what may be what may be unknowable to somebody else, but becomes very noble to us once we move into this new this new uh, terrain. Ooh, yeah, that that is that's big. That's big. I always say, you know, ideologies are powerful, right? Because it's like we hang on to those things. They fight wars. You know, they starter in marriages. Um, you know, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know, connected to that. Um, you know, in that same vein, like you said, you know, the change and in, in, in being able to enter into that space. Um, I think brings with it a whole bunch of 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 different forms and different views. I'm pretty sure our ancestors, right, a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, couldn't really fathom what you and I are doing right now, like speaking <laughs> digitally to each other, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's magic. Right, right, right. Um, I remember when I was in grad school and, you know, taking a course on cultural anthropology and, you know, the guy I was teaching it was white, but he was talking about how he'd spent a whole bunch of time in Papua New Guinea. And he said this was the first time that they had ever seen a white man. And like the way they interpreted it, a helicopter, that it was a bird, that it was a very loud bird that allowed humans to get in it. And, you know, and come out of it. And he said the first time that he showed them a film of what he was working on, you know, he put the projector up and white screen and he's like, people were actually like waving to their friends in the thing and wondering how come they weren't waving back. Like they couldn't right? you know, saying like they comprehend like this is actual, you know, photography and, and, and motion. What do you think are some of those things, man, that, you know, like we can look at, you know, 200 years from now, you know, uh, that will be that, that will probably look like you said, magic. <laughs> to us right um in regards to an advanced technology do you oh, oh let me ask that but then let me ask this on, on the on the subject of advanced civilizations do you think we need and in terms of the next iteration of human life do you think we need some intervention by an advanced civilization or are we just left to kind of fend for ourselves and figure figure it out like, you know, are we going to be a war tribe type of people or are we going to, you know, begin to see the humanity in each other? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, and, you know, maybe it's just the time that we're living in. But I'd be curious what you what you think about that. Does that does that make sense? I know I last a lot. Yeah, yeah no, it, no, it does, man. And I, so I, I'll start where you ended, right? This about around this like this tribalism and so on and so forth. Like, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm becoming clear now that. A tribe is not a problem until it attempts to take from other people. Like if you know, if you look a certain way, you come from a, you come from certain people, right? And what's wrong with the proliferation of of what it means to be yourself, right? The continuance of that genetically, right, and so on and so forth. But then the question, but I think, but again, but what makes you think that you you are entitled to that which everybody else has without a level of mutual exchange? Right. And so and so I'm wondering about the ways in which the ways in which like whiteness has led us to this idea of 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 this melting pot that that is not a melting pot because it's a it's a reiteration of whiteness as everything else. 
right? And, and so, but but on the back end, I'm trying to figure out why can't we have spaces like a black nation or be be cool with like Paris, France, and them. You know, I'm sorry, Paris isn't France. Like Paris, France, and you know Berlin and uh, Germany, and you know, and uh, London, England, like being their own spaces, right? Like, what is it? What's what's wrong with having these these uh, these nation spaces that allow for people to to maintain uh, what it means to be themselves without having to engage in coloniality, right? Like, I, I'm, I think, I, I think anti the anti-colonial in, in me, in this sense, allows for the space where you might have a nation state, but once, but as we continue to carve out spaces for more people, there's also recognition that that like that land ownership, in the sense that does not allow for people to to be themselves and, and does not give them space. Like, like we'll take black people for example. Like, I think at one point. It was like Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, and like Mississippi. They they were gonna put those four states together for Black folks, and I could be wrong. Uh, maybe maybe I'm remembering a, uh, <laughs> a, a a novella or sci-fi movie. But nevertheless, if in a recognition that like Blackness in America, as we understand America, does not work, then new space needs to be carved out for for the for for Black people, and, you know, specifically in this way. Then what does it look like for this new Black nation? to come up against himself. But I think part of the fear of like black nationalism is one like the same fear of artificial intelligence is is the intelligence of blackness in a unified nation nationalistic uh modality gonna result in more fighting. But then I think I think of I won't say I wanna almost want to say a more sinister approach is if black people left, then there's a particular section of society that allows for the identity of society to understand itself that will be lost. Right, like if if those that once were slaves are no longer slaves, then who are the slaves in this space? If those that once were despised in this space are no longer there, then who are you to, de- to who who becomes the despised in this space? And so, like the removal of this does not allow for the furtherance of the historical identity that once was. At least I'm, I'm and so I'm just again just thinking out loud. And so if if we can engage in decolonial, anti-colonial work. Well, with the with the formation of new uh, new new spaces, I think that'd be fine. But I also think that there's wisdom in the nomadic tribalism that took place, right, even on this continent, right? Like uh, the indigenous people of the Americas had like regions that they were part of, but they also moved along that region depending on the time of the year, right? And so you can think about this in terms of like hurricanes and shit like that. Like if you know it's hurricane season, maybe you should move your ass out of Florida <laughs> for like three months. <laughs> <laughs> but again, given what we our current you know current economy, like it's hard for people to uproot themselves, you know, ba- just because it's, it's a certain time of year. But again, um, I'm I, I'm wondering what it, what that looks like in the future about a reorganization of people that allows for similitude and respect mutually across borders. Hmm. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, this is good, man. This is good. You get me to think. I, that's why I love talking with you, man. I think, you know, the you know, the beyond and and not just being caught up with what's in front of us. Speaking of what's in front of us, man, you know, we got a decision from the Supreme Court. We got a, you know, a war going on in, in Ukraine. And and granted, I mean, there's been war going on in a lot of different places. So it's not just Ukraine um that's at conflict. You still have Israel and Palestine are still going at it. Um, and you know, different spots in, 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 on the continent of Africa are still, you know, at war. There's still the Syrian thing going on. This Afghanistan is still trying to figure life out after 20 years of occupation. So, um, yeah, man, like, and, and I think, I think about just, you know, where things are, I think about the economy, inflation, 
you know, so it's just like, okay, will we even make, will we make it another 10 years? And, you know, the, with the, with, especially with, you know, climate change, like, I don't even know, like this last winter in Chicago, I mean, you know, it was rough. If, if you're not used to winter, like, oh yeah, it could be real rough. But for a Chicago winter, it was real mild. Like, oh, okay. I can, you know, I could live here. Might as well plant a palm tree and I think we're going to be all right. You know, so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is, so is that with one day less snow? Or is <laughs> <laughs> one day less snow, man. I tell you, it, it well, it's funny because the the year prior we did get a lot of snow. Um, this this last mm-hmm. year we 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 didn't get much. We got there was three notable days of snow, um, like where you got to bust the machine out and like you know go to go to work. Um, everything else right. was like, oh, it'll snow, but then like by noon, it's it's all melted and stuff. Um, sure. And yeah, I mean, and that's one thing, right? I think about crops. I think about you know droughts. I think about you know what's 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 happening in, in places like that. I also think about topsoil depletion. I talked about that in one of my classes as well, and just you know yeah. how you know our food supply and and whatnot. Will we end up? Do you think? Again, I'm asking your scientific opinion. You know, like a, a space that we were like in interstellar, for example, where the world is running out of food, and you know, eventually it's like okay, we're gonna have to find a new world <laughs> to live in. Um, yeah. Yeah. What you think? Um, I mean, I'm that's, you asked me. How'd you ask me these hard questions, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, um, I know you, I know you got the the girth to handle them, man. That you're, you're very kind, man. I'm just trying. I'm trying not to speak too far beyond my space. So, <laughs> so like, uh, no, I because if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're asking me like. Given the signs of where we are, what are some projections we can make? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I've seen stuff on like futurism, futurists, and sure. like a few other yeah. people that are like, man, if you're if you're under forty, like you about to see some things. And I and I, I hate to say it, but I don't. I can't say I disagree, man. Like social upheaval is scary, primarily because of the potential for death. But social upheaval. Is a constant. Like when we when we start when we talk about patterns of of global of, of globalization or patterns of, of region, right? This like the way we understand things is not as set in stone as we appear as they appear to be, right? Like I was reading somewhere uh, maybe a couple like a month or so ago there was like in in the in seventeen eighty, was it seventeen sixty or or eighteen sixty? No, maybe but nevertheless that French wasn't even the the, the main primary language in France. Right. And so like, but we, I think, especially in our American, like uh, kind of position, we see, we see Europe as this, like this thing that wasn't evolved, but once it was, it was static. Like it's that it's been that way for so long. And even when we talk about America, like 70, 1776, like it's not that far away, but at the same time, and I think in our imagination, America is here and it's not going anywhere. And, but at the same time, America came because of, several social upheavals that 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 kind of uh, echoed amongst themselves that that allow for that and then and then a, a kind of like a a a punitive approach to social upheaval that tries to keep it within bounds so that you know it's it's not a uh, it's not moving it uh, and as such and I, I read something in uh washington post and you know we could take it with a grain of salt but i think they're saying that like you know again kind of given the the Supreme Court's move and like this kind of like right right ish approach to things that that 
a type of de uh, government destabilization is kind of what people are after. And so what does what is the outcome of that? What is going to what is going to transpire in the in the in, the in between time that allows us to maybe say that, that is this the cap of of, the, of those actions? I don't think we necessarily know, but I also think in terms of like something specific like food that you talk about, right? So like we we I think we we also look at food as a static thing. Like we say like no GMOs, but rice doesn't rice is like ten thousand years old, and even before then, like it didn't look like that. And then strawberries now don't look like strawberries from a few hundred years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like broccoli is 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 a is a genetically modified thing. Like you know, corn doesn't look like corn used to look like. And so we talk about food technologies, whether they be like that shitty impossible burger or or like, you know, the lab grown meat that they say doesn't really taste that bad. You know what I mean? Like I think we're gonna have to continue to produce something new in order to to maybe meet some of the demands. But I I can't say that we're gonna that we should all all like all together ignore like the the signs that suggest that like the population of people on the world is gonna drastically decline within the next hundred years for whatever reason may be. So yeah, man, there's a lot of things to consider. Yeah. And the role of like technological innovation and yeah. all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I mean, those are the those are some of the things, right? I mean, and I think about I think about corporate greed in, in general, you know, I think about the expansion of of places like Amazon, you know, and I think about just, you know, the, the what that's going to look like in even th 30 years, 20 years. Right. I think about, you know, just like when people talk about, oh, we're going to bring jobs. I was listening to this uh, podcast, uh, Slow Burn, and it was dealing with the uh, L.A. uprisings um, in, uh, it, yeah. it, it, for for somebody who was in it myself. It's hard to believe that was that was 30 years ago. Right. You know, this this year back right. in, in, in April. Um and it was interesting because it revealed some things that I didn't know about, one of which was when Rodney King was first pulled over, that he was already detained by a highway police officer. Uh, but when uh, the LAPD showed up, because I think Coon or Stacy Coon or one of them had higher rank than the uh, than the. Uh, Highway police officer, he took over the scene and took him out of custody, and then that's when they started beating him. Um, I didn't know that part. Um, the other thing I didn't know was just how Rebuild LA came apart, because I knew about it. I knew that all this money that was pledged and all this stuff, but then it just kind of fell away. And then, of course, you know, as we know, you know, the shit continued. But I think about, you know, just the kind of greed <laughs> that we think about, like, you know, we have the monies for certain things. You, you And I love what you said. It's like, we're, what do you say? Like where we put our energy in or what we do that kind of reflects our beliefs. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and, and butchering it, man. But right. Is that, that, that that's, that's a good little son. There, there, like we, what we do is what we actually believe in. Like people say they Christian you know, you know, maybe they are. Maybe that's the type of Christian they are. But like, you know, I think that's kind of like an age old, you know, like high school. High, uh, youth pastor, like you say, you believe this, but you out right. here doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, but like, take all that aside. It's like whatever you say you believe in. Like the per the proof is in the pudding, man. Like what you actually do is what we can probably tell is what you think is the case. That's it. And so I think about just like where corporations have put their money, and there are some crackers that get thrown out there every now and then. But then I think about just you know the amount of of stuff that is is needed. Uh, and where, you know, where that energy gets put in. So, you know, it does get me the question, you know, what, you know, the future looks like in regards, you know, for my daughter. I mean, I, you know, I think about, 
you know, I, I'm I'm not of retirement age, but I'm closer to it than I was ten years ago. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and what that's going to look like, right, for my for Gen Xers once we turn sixty. Um, all right, <laughs> like, right, you know what I'm saying? Like old old hey, ass man, Gen somebody, Xers. Yeah, yeah. No, somebody told somebody was like. Uh, they did something in 1986, and they was like, yeah, man, this is 40 years ago. Me being, I was born in 1986. I'm like, that shit is not 40 years ago. Like, give me my four years, man. Like, <laughs> right. Give, that's right. That's right, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, let me ask you this. I know time is nigh. I could talk with you all day, brother. Um this oh, another, 100%. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, this is another big subject, but... Uh, uh, I hate to use alien life, but extraterrestrial life, man. I, have we found it? Are we going to find it? Are we alone? What do you think, man? Given the science, given the, uh, the stuff out there, I mean, I know people talked about Tabitha star, you know, it was, you know, it was dimming and people, some people thought it was a Dyson sphere. Other people said, nah, it's just, uh, yeah. uh, a, a, a comet, a big comet that's passing by. Um, the other signal, the, what was the one that they, the one that flung around the, came in from interstellar space, Flung in and around the sun, and then you know, uh, flung back out. Uh, the Amoba they gave it a Hawaiian name, and uh, okay. some people actually said it was like this could have been a ship that was already programmed to come in, flip around, and then you know, keep 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 going wherever it's going. But other people said, oh, it's just an asteroid. But it was shaped <laughs> in <All> a right. <laughs> cylinder. It was shaped in a cylinder form, and the way it came in was very very peculiar. The okay. way it came in from interstellar space, flung in and around. It was a, basically a slingshot move. That it did, it flung itself back out of our solar system, man. Um, and I don't know. I mean, there's other different things, interesting pictures that come out of Mars and everything. What What do you think about that, man? Let me let me, let's let's end on that. Let me <laughs> let me let me get this. No, I, I finally got a, a good black scientist in here. That's hilarious, and it's funny. I think this is like the last question you asked me uh, in our in our, our first time together. Come on, um, it's an update. Two point yeah, so, so yeah, right. So look, what what do we think? I think I saw like a, I think again, this is futurism. They were like some scientists said that like UFOs and space aliens are like us from a different time, like coming to visit. Like, I think that's fine. But again, like if I think for me, I'm I've been like this this the pluriverse is very uh, it's it's very interesting to me, right? Like a multiverse suggests like you know one of like infinite, but the pluriverse also suggests like anything that you know it's, it's almost like it's that and anything that can happen, anything that can happen can happen in a kind of like an infinite potentiality. But so I'm saying all to say I I think. Like it could have been, but I mean, until we know, we don't know. And then, and then, are there things out there? I, I imagine there might be, but I think the question also be, remains: like, which iteration of reality are we in? And and then, and in this iteration, are there aliens? But I also would, I also would raise the question of like, why are we looking out there for aliens? Uh, couldn't couldn't the very aliens like already exist here? Uh, and I'm I'm saying that in terms of like the way in which we have historically and continue to, to quote unquote other other people, like if there are already aliens here or people who are who are distinctly different from from ourselves, like why why can't we why can't we see that as a as as a formidable approach to it? I don't know, man. It's, it's to me, it's just it's it, like this question. 
raises like a type of equation in my mind that like it's just way too many like potentials for us. Like, are there out there? I'm sure there might be somewhere. Like, and I'm, by me by me saying I'm sure that is that if anything that can happen might happen, ha- uh, can happen or will, then sure. Then yeah, they they out there. Um, but I'm also wondering about the ways in which. Yeah, we we function as distant and different from one another. Like I think going back to that, the man who fell from Earth, he was like, "Y'all have language, but y'all don't communicate." Mm. And he and, and he's talking about like you know the ways in which like we have these in depth, complex languages and ways of you know attempting to get messages across. But I was also <laughs> thinking the other day, it was like, "Yo, I'm you know anytime you watch a movie, it's written in a certain way that is getting you to understand." that reality like the reality of the yeah. movie and so yeah. even the script of a movie is a translation <laughs> that is that it, a translation of a world that is in that movie and and done in such a way that you in your world can understand it mm. and so it's like the world the world of the characters is the world of the characters but the presentation of the world of the characters is only relayed to you so that you could get what the characters are going through you may not even have the ability to actually understand what they're doing if you had to understand it on their terms, meaning like illegibility is a real thing and you don't, it doesn't have to be uh, expressed across the way we think it does. See, that's why, again, I love talking with you, man. This is awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for breaking uh, breaking this down and, you know, helping us process a little bit more, helping me process a little bit more. Um, our current state, uh, brother. Where can folks find you, man? Where if they, you know, you, you talk about grants. I mean, you know, maybe you never know who's listening. Maybe somebody from Lily is like, "Oh man, we're gonna give this guy a whole bunch of money, man. We're gonna give him five million dollars." <laughs> why? Why not? Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm at I'm at Isla School of Theology. Um, you can find me online. Uh, got my email is there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at High Tech Monk. And then my IG is futurist, P-H-U-T-U-R-I-S-T underscore. And then uh, if, you, if you're interested in learning more about Seeker, it's uh, Seeker underscore bot. And Seeker is S-E-E-K-R. And the website is theseekerproject.com. And I, I always want to, I just want to say, uh, Haas, man, you, I, I love the questions that you pose, man. You, you, you're, you are just, you're stretching me in real time, man. So I, now I got to, you know, go back and continue to flesh these ideas out man this is uh it's always fun to come here and hang out with you here man man thank you brother i appreciate it as well and as always those listening i'll put all of this in the show notes including the book links go check out uh dr butler here and what he's doing he's doing amazing stuff and just this whole conversation um next time we're gonna have to talk uh screenplay i got some ideas of a, of a black sci-fi but i need i need i need some i, I love what you're talking about i want to put this into a, a screenplay maybe that's the next iteration of what we do man we can go become Hell screenplay yeah. writers <laughs> Let's do it, man. I got the glasses. You, you know what I'm saying? You got the you got the equipment. You know what I'm saying? We gonna we gonna make it happen. Yo. There it is. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh man. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Then I think she endures verbal abuse for a season, and she endures perhaps being smacked one night, and then she seeks help from the church. There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus. <laughs> And by God's grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we're done. You either get on the bus or you get run over by the bus. Those are the options. There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law. And I am tired of communities of faith 
being weaponized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and discrimination. I'm tired of it. Hi, I'm Nate, producer and co-host on the Full Mutuality Podcast. Let's talk about inequality. It's everywhere. Whether it's rooted in race, gender, ability, or sexuality, there's bound to be an imbalance in power, influence, representation, and access. On our show, we want to explore areas of religion, culture, and society where justice is needed in order to bring about true mutuality. I hope you'll join us for some enlightening, fun, and at times uncomfortable conversations as we envision a world where everyone can live free from systems and structures that keep us from being truly equal. You can find us on your favorite podcast app or visit our website, fullmutuality.com, to find a list of all the platforms we're available on. Subscribe today and we'll see you on the Full Mutuality Podcast. Mm -hmm.